You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince in the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at the dugout brand follow the link on their etsy shop and use your promo code foundation for 15 percent off your entire order the dugout custom quality apparel at an affordable price peace and good morning world welcome to foundation radio my name is adam bernard thank you so much for joining me on this year-end special uh foundation radio we're going to talk about the top five moments for me in wrestling this year i got a big star-studded cast joining me today uh first up is going to be uh from ad free shows my friend paul bromwell i'm very excited to have him back on the show again we had a conversation earlier in the year really excited to see what he's going to bring to the table with this conversation Oh, here's uh, here's Paul right now. Hold on, let me uh, let me check a look. Adam, thank you for the invite. The year-end show for Foundation Radio. Are you kidding me right now? I feel honored. But listen, man, I got to be honest. I woke up in a great mood today, and I just can't risk ruining it, man, or else I would be there. The other thing, I feel like I'm r- about to come down with a really bad case of the hiccups, and no one wants to hear that all throughout the show. So. I'm going to do you a favor and pull out. I'm sorry. I can't be a part of it. The other thing, dude, it's like a balmy 27 degrees outside. I'm not going to ruin this beautiful weather by sitting in here on the show. But, man, thank you for having me a part of your show this year. And I wish you a great episode as you wrap up the year on your broadcast, man. Take care. Okay. Uh, Well, I guess Paul can't make it today. Uh, Sounds like it's uh, that was a, a bit confusing. Um, but hey, you know what? It's cool. It's fine. Everything is good. Uh, we will have Paul back again on the show. Not a big deal. We're very excited for this. Um, additionally, we also have another, uh, we have a whole list of people that are going to join me today. Uh, next is going to be my dear friend, uh, Alfred Kunawa, who is going to be joining me later in the show, but maybe we'll have him join us a little earlier from Forbes.com. We had an incredible conversation earlier in the year about uh, representation in wrestling. Uh, it was really an incredible conversation. And... Okay, there he is too. All right, let's uh let's let's see what's up with Alfred here. Hey Adam, my man, what's going on? It's Alfred Kunawa, the handsome African. Thank you so much for the invite. I wish I could have been on, but uh unfortunately, <clears throat> I um I got uh, uh tested positive for for the bird flu. Uh there there's a new variant of the bird flu that I I tested positive for, so I'm not going to be able to to make the show. It's just me here by myself, <laughs> you know, quarantining. Uh, okay, hold on, babe. I'm coming back to bed. Just, uh, But anyway, um, have a great show, man. And uh, here's to another great year of success. Bird flu. Bird flu. Got it. Okay. No problem. Just 
going to keep it moving. We're just going to keep it moving. Going to keep going on this. We're going to make it happen. We're going to keep it going. Uh, Candice Cordelia from ProWrestlingIllustrated.com uh, uh, is here as well. She'll be joining us today for... Uh, another great conversation that we've had. Um, she's really been making a lot of incredible moves. I'm very excited to talk to her and have her as a part of this conversation as well. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're really going to di- deep dive into number two on the show, uh, my number two listed uh, wrestling moment of the year. God damn it. Okay, let's take a look and see what's going on with Candace. Enchante, Adam. I'm so sorry. I am doing... 50 billion things before Christmas. I'm actually making this out on Christmas Eve and I have baking, I have cleaning, and I have to remain the domestic goddess that I am. So therefore, I am so very sorry, darling, that I'm not able to come on your show. I think that's what this is for. Okay, but anyway, I couldn't even make a video because I am that stir crazy busy. So in any case, Good luck, have fun, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, Bienvenue to 2022. Bye. Okay, well, hey, at least she's honest. Uh, she almost remembered what she was going to be doing here today, and that's okay. No one's upset. Who's upset? Not me. Nobody, no one's upset. Why, why do you ask? Why do you keep asking? Everything is fine. Uh, but hey, listen, Josh Jernoff is still going to join us, uh, my colleague from the Mind of the Meanie and also from Fight TV. Uh, very excited to have him uh, here joining us on the show uh, to go over uh, the number one uh, wrestling event of the year. Very excited uh, to see what he's got to be talking about and discussing with me for the number one event. Uh, of course, it is a text message from Josh Chernoff. Let's see what uh, let's see what's going on here. Hey, it's Josh Chernoff from So Says Chernoff on Fight. Thank you so much for inviting me to your thing. Uh, it really meant so much to me, but unfortunately, uh, I'm here recording my, uh, my third annual Sherney Awards. It's a year-end award show that I do. Um, kind of funny to think that you're doing some sort of award show, almost like you're following in my footsteps, like you're looking at everything I've done and then moving right in to pick up the pieces of my blood, sweat, and tears. But uh, all kidding aside, honestly, anybody uh, listening to this or watching this, is, what is this? Is it a podcast? It's a, anyone who's listening or watching this, uh, I just want to say that, that honestly, you're, you're, I consider you one of my best friends. So, uh, so Andrew Barnyard, thank you for uh, for taking what's his what's that for uh, thank you for your friendship and the invitation and I'm so sorry uh, that I couldn't be there uh, but I, I've really enjoyed all of the time we've we've spent together hanging out in person we've never met never uh, online th- all the time that we've been online. Uh, together and uh, your friendship really means the world to me. So uh, enjoy this, uh, this year end celebration on your, on your podcast called <clears throat> the fountain. Uh, no, the fa- on your foundation. Cause it's important to build a strong foundation, uh, but we know each other. So I'm not, uh, I'm Josh Chernoff from so says Chernoff and uh and i will i will see you next time this was this was fun are we good i don't honestly have any idea who this person is andrew 
barnyard. Okay, well, this is probably a really great time for me to regroup and figure out what the fuck I'm going to do today. Uh, so let's play the ad for 10th Ward Barbershop and then we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll come back and figure it out. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and the fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all cuts and trims are by appointment only so head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop that's 10thward barbershop.com and we thank them for supporting the podcast uh, yeah. everybody cancelled okay. everybody so who are you having on? Duke Loves wrestling, Duke. Yes, yeah, like Duke, like Duke loves Seriously? Duke loves wrestling. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only one who would agree to do it. And uh, yep, yeah, I know. But he he just got in trouble again, and you're gonna, yeah. like now you're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna get yeah. canceled. I know, I know. I, I, I know. I, I keep telling him like, dude, you can't, you can't keep, you can't keep doing this. What are you but talking about here? I just he can't. You know, he just. He just continues to do it. So Jesus it's, Christ! This yeah. is it. This has to be it. Like you can't, you can't keep making a reputation with Duke. I know, I know. I told him like this is the last time. I can't do it anymore. I mean, Josh, like, what? like for for what? It's Josh forgot my fucking name. It's a whole thing. It's it's just. I can't be fucking believing this. Fucking I promise the last time. Last time. This shit about last me. Time. Last time. Last time. Are you kidding me right, right. now? Okay. All right, babe. I love you. Oh, hey, Duke. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I didn't even know you were here. How's it going, man? Are you No, seriously, are you kidding me right now, bro? I listen, man, I'm so excited to have you here. How's it going? Well, it's not going very well. You, I hear you and and your missus over there burying me. Hey, nobody's buried. Nobody's buried, man. Everything's cool. Everything's cool, bro, man. Everything's you great. You understand that I I literally had to move meetings in order to make time to to be on your show. That's that's the the respect and, and reverence and appreciation that I have for Foundation Radio, and and you and your and your and your pregnant wife over there are burying me. Hey, man, listen, and I appreciate you being on the show. I really do. I'm so happy to have you. Um, that was just a quick, quick little interaction that we had, like just a quick little, you know, a whole thing. But, uh, you know, it's just like there's a spousal privilege. You know, it's a whole, it's it's right. law, it's legal. Let me it's tell legal. you something. Tell, t- legal t- stuff. Tell your wife, all right. Tell your wife mm-hmm. that I heard everything she said, and that I want the bottle of wine back. Okay. Okay. That I that I sent you guys. I want it back because if she's going to talk about me like that, and I don't care. I don't care about the damn show. And and you make sure you keep this in too. Don't edit me out. Oh no, right? sure. No, nothing's going to uh, get edited out. You Nothing. Make sure you keep this part in. I sure. Want I'm going to wind back. I'll leave it all in right now. If she's going to talk about the Duke that way, yeah. Then no problem. Well, you know yeah. What I mean, I'm, I'm not, not gonna... coming by the house. I'm not coming by the house anymore. Okay. I'm not. I'm not even going to play games. I'm, okay? Listen, I'm going to keep all of this in. So just keep talking. Just keep keep going. I'm going to keep it all in. Okay. Bro, just yeah. What, no, whatever just, this is. Like. It's it's indicative of um, what's been going on with you lately, Adam. Okay. It's, it's it just feels like you forgot where you came from, bro. And now I see why. Because you got an interesting influence over there in that household. Hey, listen, man. Listen, okay. I got. I have a great. I have a great excuse. I have a great great reasoning for this, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. 
Welcome back to Foundation Radio and the year-end special. My name is Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining me today on this wonderful day, almost our very last show of 2021. And I am here today, friends, with uh, a man who needs no introduction. Uh, Everyone knows this man from the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Mr. Duke Bennett has joined us. Duke, how are you, sir? Listen, we're not going to play patty cake here, Adam. Um, I want to go back to your wife because... (laughs) She said some rude things about me, and, and this isn't over yet, okay? I've been insulted by, by very important people from all over the world, so don't think for one second that, that Mrs. Foundation Radio, tell her, you know something, lady? You can, you can get a ticket and get in line, okay? I've had, I've had famous people. I've had rich people. I've had four, poor people. I've had people that you've never even heard of before insult me. So the fact that she wants to add herself to the pile, that's okay. But I, I thought you and I were friends, Adam. So the fact that you allowed her to get away with that, I'm a little disappointed. Well, listen, Duke. Listen, I, I you know, I, first let me just welcome you to the show, welcome you to the program. But also, oh, yeah. I, uh, I listen. I got We got to talk, man. Like I understand that. Like you just recently had more controversy and more things that you're saying on on Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, getting yourself in trouble with the with the people that run the you know the international the internet wrestling community, the IWC. And uh, listen, okay. I just. We got to lay some ground rules here, man. You know, like this is this is a this is a big deal. You know, we're we're doing right. more things, and you know, I got to make sure that you don't. You, you, I don't want to get canceled. Is the thing right? Like that's what I'm, I'm mostly concerned about. Is the cancellation? You know, you, know, you know what's going on here? And, and, and listen, I, I've been meaning to say this to you, but ironically, you haven't been returning my calls. So I've I just been busy. Very interesting. Just been busy. That's all. Oh yeah, you've been busy, but you yeah. weren't too busy to reach out to me to be on this show today, though, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I really wanted you to be a part of the show, and you know, pepper uh, yeah. you in with yeah. with everyone else that was going to be a part. Unfortunately, everybody, unfortunately, everybody uh, couldn't make it. Uh, Alfred, I don't know if you heard, Alfred Cunningham's got bird flu, like this brand new bird flu thing, which is uh, bird flu, super crazy. Are you kidding me right? Yeah, now? yeah, bird that's what he said. That's what he said, man. I don't know. I'm just saying. And Paul Bromwell from Ad Free Shows, he was like, "Hey, man, like I would love to be there, but you know, I'm in a great mood and I don't want to ruin it." And I was like, "Hey, man, I appreciate Look, you, appreciate you, man." So it's cool. It's just us. Of, it's cool. They're a bunch of prima donnas. It's cool, man. Okay, they they want to act like they're bigger than the Duke, and that's okay. You know, I know, I know, Alfred. He's he he thinks he's a big time comedian and all this other good stuff there. And and listen, Bromwell. I don't know who he thinks he is now that he has that new big cushy job. He think you know he's on top of the world or something. But whatever. I want to go back to what's going on here. Yes, I've been meaning to talk to you about this because I've noticed you don't you don't return my calls. You've been hanging out with some interesting people, right? I see you in the pictures. You're out with Blue Meanie. I see you out with Eric Bischoff. I see you at MLW. I see you all over. I can't get booked anywhere for some reason. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I feel like that, you know, there, there are forces above me who are trying to stop my shine. But somehow, some way, the, the great Adam Bernard, Foundation Radio guy, gets booked everywhere. What is going on with this, bro? It's, it's, like, it's like Hotline Bling, I swear. That Drake song, you're just hanging out with strange people I've never even seen before, Adam. What the hell is going on? You know, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's just the appeal, uh, the natural uh, ability I have, the good graces. I don't know, but maybe it's also because oh, I don't say controversial things. That's all. I mean, it could be it. I don't know, man. I try not to push the envelope too much. You know, I push it when it needs to be. You know, we're having like we had an in depth in depth conversation about uh, Drake and Kanye's albums, and I tried to push the envelope a little bit there. Got a little bit of heat. Had to back it off. But now I'm, you know, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to have a great conversation about top my top five wrestling moments of the year 
with Duke Bennett, and I couldn't think of another a better person to have this conversation with uh, than the man who is apparently uncancelable cancelable up until, you know, like right now, like today or yesterday when you were canceled again. So listen, I just I'm concerned. Like I said, I think I think I just want to lay some ground rules real fast before we get into the show, because I'm concerned about how far you're going to take it. So I just need need your assurances. I need your assurances that, you know, we're not going to get into some wild, crazy territory today, because the last thing I need is for this momentum to stop. You know, let me tell you something. Now that I know that no one else will come on your, your rotten show and do this rotten episode. I am going to say all of the things that is going to make the IWC run wild, and I'm going to blame you for all of it. I'm going to say that, you know, Adam Bernard, my great friend. Please don't. Okay? My great friend please, has please given me carte blanche. Please don't do that. To say whatever the hell that I want on Foundation Radio. I so I am literally going to let it all hang out. Okay? I, Duke, so I, please. Duke, I just, I just got the meaning job. Please. I just got the meaning job. Please don't. Well, don't, we're going to take care of that because I know that that <sighs> blue meanie, you know, he's a little too safe for my taste here. I like to, I, I like to go a little in, in, in unsafe waters here. Okay. So don't worry. I, feel, I, I got it under control. I feel a lot like Paul Heyman right now when he just took the right before the Superman punch, like a couple weeks ago on, on SmackDown right before Roman Reigns, like let him have it. I feel a little bit like that. I'm a little scared, a little sweaty. Well, and, and you know what? Let me just say this about blue meanie. I never, ever, ever liked any other gimmick other than the guy with the tight shorts who would do the Razor Ramon stuff, you know, say hello to the blue guy. Every other incarnation was terrible. I don't okay? believe, I can't believe you're going to say that. I can't I, I believe just, you would I say did. that. I just did. So if he's upset with you, that's that's none of my business. I can't I'm believe you saying, would. Blue I, the, the only time the blue mini has ever been board? over how do I mute this board? is when he was a blue how do I mute this board? How do I mute this board? Okay. Fuck! Fucking hell. How do I need this shit? All right, listen, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. I don't want to talk about, we'll talk about the blue mini stuff later, but listen, top Uh five moments in wrestling this year. Duke, it has been an unbelievable year in wrestling. I, a lot of really incredible things have taken place. Uh, It took me a long time to really like narrow down what I thought were going to be the top five moments, Uh, but let's just jump right into it. Uh, Here is, uh, here's my list, uh, the top five wrestling moments of the year. Number five would be the MLW match between Alex Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu. Uh, I was in the live crowd for that event, and the reason that I added this in my list is because I feel like it was part of the most incredible internet buildup that had taken place at any time, maybe with the exception of the Matt Cardona build in GCW. Uh, I feel like the, the, the hype, the excitement, the appeal behind a Fatu Hammerstone match, it paid off for me uh, in exactly the way I thought it was going to. And I think it really showed that a smaller promotion can utilize social media in a way that the big promotions can. And I thought it hit every mark. I thought it hit every thing that I wanted it to hit. Uh, and I was very impressed. I thought the payoff for Hammerstone winning the title at the very end of you know the very end of the match, um, it was it was an unbelievable moment uh, as far as it goes with uh, you know smaller promotion wrestling. What were your thoughts on the Hammerstone Fatu match from earlier this year? Well, first and foremost, all you have to do is look at the fact that Hammerstone was just signed by MLW to a long term contract, so that lets you know how much they value that guy. And his performance, which he did it on one leg, by the way. He did. All right. He did. He was in there with an absolute killer in Jacob Fatu. And Hammerstone 
literally, I, I believe he broke his ankle. He actually, uh, he actually twisted it, if I recall correctly, watching him in the okay, ring. So he, and I, well, I can recall too, not to not to jump in, but I remember watching the match live as it happened because it was a pre-taped event, you know, with COVID and everything else that was happening. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the match. And I, Candace Cordelia and I were sitting together, and I remember the spot where he hurt himself. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, he either broke his leg or he did something because it was – I initially thought it was his knee, the way he was moving around and the way he was kind of rolling in the ring. But to watch him continue the performance and per, the match and knowing the size of this guy's fucking ankle at the end, I mean, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that he had the, the fortitude and the ability to continue that. And I thought that was – that speaks volumes to somebody – like Hammerstone, that guy's that guy's a star already. He doesn't need to be signed to a big promotion. That guy is the star of MLW. Well, and, and the fact that he was still doing moves on that bad ankle. I mean, he was still kicking. He lifted up Fatu over and over and over again. That's a lot of weight, man. I mean, yeah. what? He, Jacob Fatu, is, he's well over 300 pounds, you got to say, right? He's, yeah. he's a, that's a big dude. Plus, he's Samoan. So, you know, that's all just solid mass yeah. that you got to move around. So for Hammerstone to be able to do that, pick up the victory, yeah, that was a, that was a solid match. And, and like you said, the promotion around it was so fantastic. I mean, people from all over the world were getting behind MLW because, let's face it, you know, the, the wrestling industry right now, it's shrinking. Yeah, the opportunities are becoming few and far between. It, it it almost feels like what happened when when Walmart and Target started swallowing up all of the mom and pops, and really, it it's very rare that you'll see a store that's a, an all purpose store around if there's a Walmart and Target. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that for MLW to put on an event like that and and for a match like that, it was tremendous, tremendous stuff there. Absolutely, and I and I really I really enjoyed it. And the crowd was hot for it too. I mean, the crowd sure. was very excited. You could feel the energy. You could feel the excitement behind everything that was coming. Um, I yep. love the contra gimmick too. I got to tell you, there's something really unique and fun about the contra gimmick. Um, I really really enjoyed that, and just the way that they played off each other in the crowd too. I mean, his manager Fatu's manager was uh, Samil was basically just screaming at people the entire time, like in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really uh, it was an experience. It was an event, and I I really enjoyed that. So I thought for me that goes right on the list there uh, with with uh, with what happened uh, this year. Uh, going into number, any other final thoughts on Hammerstone Fatu before we move on to our next uh, our, our number four. Well, I just think it's very interesting that you're a name dropper. You know, you just had to bring up Candace Cordelia. Oh, you know, geez. Here Pro we go. Wrestling Illustrated's uh, the, the queen of the interviews. You just had to bring her name up, didn't you, Adam? I did. I did, because she's another fantastic. Example. She's incredible. She's incredible. Yeah, she's well, great. She is incredible, but another example of you being a big shot. I'm just going to throw that out there. You're rubbing <laughs> elbows with the Candace Cordelia. Oh, boy. Hey, you know, and she's wonderful. We had we had dinner at Silk City, uh, which is a great restaurant in Philadelphia. Before we went to the event, we had a great time. It was incredible. We had a lot of fun. It's interesting. It was I fun. wasn't invited though. I, I find that very interesting. yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, I know your oh. your pass was there. Like when we were at yeah. the we were at the press booth thing with the the people when they brought us, huh. they were like, "Oh, where's you know where's Duke Bennett?" And I said, "Oh, I don't. I'm not sure." And they were like, "Oh, that's a shame." I said, "Yeah, you know, it was it was really it was disappointing. We we we, we huh. missed you there. I don't know what happened." Oh yeah. But yeah, one sure. thing that didn't miss, I'll tell you, one thing that didn't miss was the year of Bobby Lashley, which is number Ooh. four on my list of the top five moments in wrestling this year was Bobby Lashley 
winning the WWE Championship. Uh, that took place, I believe that was August or July. Nope, I'm sorry. It was March. My dates are wrong. <laughs> Whatever. So in, uh, in March of uh, this year, Bobby Lashley decimated The Miz inside the Thunderdome to win the WWE Championship for the first time. Duke, I went back and watched that match today in preparation for our conversation, and I got to tell you, I've mentioned this before on the show and other programs I've been on this year. Um, that match, even though it was only like three minutes long, that match was probably some of the best storytelling I think I've seen in quite some time. And I don't think sure. Miz, I don't think the Miz gets the credit that he deserves as far as being a professional wrestler, being an entertainer. If it, if I think if it had been any other person in that story, I, I'll, I'll go as far as to say, I think if it had been Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley in that role, in that time frame, I don't think it would have paid off as much for me as it did for uh, the Miz. Uh, I thought the Miz was an incredible... Uh, you know, uh, folly and a foil for Bobby Lashley. I thought the storyline was fantastic, the way they set it up with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I thought the payoff was incredible in the ring. Look at the way, go back and watch that match, and look at the way that the Miz sells the hurt lock. I mean, it looks painful. It looks like he is in a serious amount of pain. And I just, I, I and Bobby Lashley, obviously, is just, is just fucking incredible. I mean, the guy is just a monster. Absolute ass-kicking machine. Uh, his reign in uh, the title picture was absolutely one of the best that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, and I thought it was well-deserved. I think Bobby Lashley was overdue for this title run. I think it was the perfect time and the perfect moment for everybody and all the forces involved. And I think it was uh, I think it was the right choice. What do you think about uh, Bobby Lashley uh, winning the title this year? I thought it was fantastic. And, I, and I, you know, it came at the right time for Lashley. It feels like he got all of the tools and he put them all together in the, in the, in the toolbox properly. And he was able to be the type of champion that we always knew he could be dominant, dress sharp, talk that talk, a guy that you knew was going to take care of business because it's all business, right? It's all, it's all money in the bank, so to speak here. So I, I'm very impressed with Bobby Lashley and I feel like he should be champion again. You know, I, I don't feel like they should keep the title off of him for too much longer. And I know that's going to be a little controversial because a lot of people keep talking about um, big E who I'm not impressed with for the most part, by the way, and I'm not afraid to say that. Interesting, no, but let um, me let's take it. Let's take a step back on that because I'm curious. I've heard this not chatter online, but I've I've heard this conversation about Big E. Um, yeah. I'm definitely not of the mindset that Big E needs to be anybody else but himself. Right? I don't think Big E needs to be a Bobby Lashley. I don't think he needs to be a serious champion. I think the New Day sure. has proved, at least for me, right? The New Day has proven that you can be yourself and still be one of the greatest factions and 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 three of the greatest entertainers, you know, bar none on the planet in in this timeline, right? So I don't necessarily I don't agree with that at all. But I'm curious to know that why people think that Big E isn't um, as a big of a champion or, or not, a, not paying off in the way he is. Do you think it's a, it's a Kofi mania st- type of uh, situation where it's like, we, we finally have caught the proverbial road runner and we don't know what to do with him. Or do you think it's just bad booking? What do you think is, is tying into this? Or do you think it's Big E himself? It's Big E. It's a hundred percent Big E. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And for anyone to say it has anything to do with anybody else, that's an embarrassment. It's Big E. Um, quite frankly, he just ain't there yet. And I understand that he's a nice guy. I understand that he's a talented guy. I understand that he is a dependable guy. These are all reasons why someone should be champion. But I I bring it back to Ric Flair. When Ric Flair was the NWA champion the first time, he had no clue what to do with that. Mm. Personally, 
He didn't understand. Okay, he just knew he was champion by title, but he didn't really even feel like the champion. And you could tell in his work. It wasn't until he lost the championship that it all clicked for him. He was like, you know something? I need to kick it into that next gear. Interesting. I need to talk even better than I've ever talked. I need to dress better than I ever dressed. I need to wrestle better than I've ever wrestled in my life. I need to make the world understand that I'm stepping into my greatness. Big E has yet to step into his greatness as a singles competitor. Now, we see flashes of it, okay? I, I think the greatest singles match Big E has ever had was against Bobby Lashley in the cage on Raw. Yes, They I had a tremendous cage match where Bobby Lashley put Big E over better than anyone ever has other than the Usos, and that was that was a singles match. So he did it better than anyone ever has. Okay, Big E looked incredible in that match, but I, I, I give that more to Lashley than I do to Big E. Lashley made it possible for Big E to take a an unstoppable force and find a way to, to defeat him in the most impossible situation with outside interference and everything else. So I, I bring it back. I think that Big E will get there, but he ain't there yet. Just like Lashley wasn't there originally, right? Just like right. Drew McIntyre wasn't there before. Just like Sheamus. Sheamus is never there. The numerous times Sheamus has been world champion, he has not been world champion. Right. It's like he right. doesn't believe it himself, and you can see it in his work, right? So, you know, Big E, I'm not impressed. I like him as a tag team competitor. I like him as a person. I think he's an interesting character. But until he kicks it into that next gear, he's not my champion. As far as I'm concerned, it's still Bobby Lashley for me. Honestly, I can say out of all the champions that have been that have held the title this year, there's been four, right? It was Drew McIntyre started the year. And then we had the Miz for about a, uh, like a hot cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. And then Bobby Lashley <laughs> and then Big E. Yeah. So out of yeah. all of them, and again, this is not anything. We're not saying this to, to shit on any performer. We're not saying this to be nasty. We're not saying this to I get am. canceled. I am. Duke, You're not I have my to, champion, Big Duke, E. You're Duke, not my champion. I'm really trying hard not to get canceled. Can you please just, can, Dude, you, can you please? He's not my champion. Can you please? He's, listen, the guy doesn't even believe in himself. Why should I believe in him? I'm listen. not going to believe in somebody who doesn't believe in themselves. And, and, and I know all you wokesters. And all you humanoids, you're going to be like, oh, my God, but he's Biggie. We love him. He gyrates his hips. He oils up his pecs. Like, give me a break. And it's not about that. And it's not about him being a goofball because I understand he's a goofball. It's about him doing stupid dives, okay, even though he – look how huge he is and he's doing dives. It's about him. You look in his eyes and he just looks like he is the least self-believed person in the ring. Like, he does not understand he's a champion. You can see it in his eyes. So he's not my champion. I will say that I disagree with the dives. I think the dives are dangerous for anybody. I'm not big on anybody doing those dives, even the even the smaller performers. I think they're dangerous, and I think they need to go from wrestling. And I think all you need to do is look at something like a Darren Drozdov or anything that's happened. I mean, MJF. MJF ate shit uh, this, this past week with Sting. Uh, I I think it's a dangerous move. I don't think it has any place to do in, in wrestling right now in 2021 into 2022. And I think it needs to go. So I definitely agree with that. As far as like my favorite champion run this year, I got to give it to Bobby Lashley. Like as far as the WWE championship, I think down. I think the way that they booked him, I think the way that they they presented him a dominant. And again, it speaks a lot to like we talk about a lot too. Alfred's talked about it and you and I have talked about it as representation in wrestling. I think being Bobby Lash, having Bobby Lashley as the champion, 
having him just be a dominant ass-kicking machine and has nothing Anthony, to do with his race. Dress sharp. Right. Okay. Brand, he shines his oof, shoes. His, his pants are pressed. Yep. Okay. He's wearing a suit. He's top shelf. Big E is flavored malt beverage. Well, Those listen. skinny jeans wait, wearing wait, no, folks no, who don't no, want to pull up their pants. No, no. They that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. They uh, think they're cool because they wear bright colors and they know the latest TikTok I, dance. I wear bright okay? colors, Duke. That's I who wear, Big E's champion bright. is. But for the Duke, you give me top shelf like Bobby Lashley. That's right. Listen, listen. First of all, I wear bright colors too, okay? Listen, second so of all, I. second of all, listen, I'm saying that Bobby Lashley, as far as a representational person in wrestling right now, top shelf. I think top it's shelf. top shelf because of the fact that his race has never come into the conversation. They are presenting him as an ass-kicking machine. And I think He's if we're talking about things as like inclusivity and representation, I think that's probably the top-tier example as far as I can see in wrestling right now. Bobby Lashley was had an incredible run this year and I agree. I think that the outcome of day 1 I know there's conversation right now with, you know, some there's there's rumor in innuendo that uh COVID-19 is running rampant. I know Seth Rollins actually just said that he had COVID-19 or has it at the moment. So his status for day 1 is not going to necessarily be something that we would know about right now. Um, but I'm curious, as as far as the four-way dance that's going to be happening uh at day 1, who do you think will come out on top in that match? I think Every minute that Bobby Lashley's not champion, the WWE is is flushing money down the toilet. Okay. Okay. I think you got to have top shelf. Listen, I'm a Ric Flair guy. I'm a I'm a guy that believes in excellence personified on every level. I'm a guy that that when he wakes up, I ironed my hoodie today. I'm a guy that splashes on cologne and, and a little bit of aftershave every day. I don't oil myself up like I'm a like I'm a damn uh, biscuit. Okay, ready for, for, for Christmas dinner. Okay, I don't sit around and do dives and nonsense like that. I just go and do my job, collect my money, and move on. And that's it. Okay, so Bobby Lashley, he's top shelf. He's, he's, he's fine scotch. He's not flavored malt beverage like Big E. That's what I want. <laughs> Flavor, flavored malt beverage. You know what I'm talking about. It's the 2.99 special. You go to the, the I know. I went down there. The street, yeah, you went up to the, the 2.99 to the, the corner store. Ounces, yep. You drink the stuff and 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 you get real drunk. You go to Cotfield. until you wake up the next morning and then you're throwing up your guts. You go to Cotman and Sheffield down in the city. You go pick up a, a cold 45 malt beverage from the very bottom of the shelf. But, but not a cold 45. You got to go with a steel reserve. Uh, steel reserve. That's what I was talking about. Or hurricane. It's like remember? grape or or strawberry <laughs> flavored. It's that syrupy yeah. stuff. I can taste that, that shit just, in my mouth. <sighs> exactly. Tastes like medicine, but, you know, that's what the kids drink. I understand. So gross. It, but I want top shelf. It's, it's I like, want top shelf. It's like drinking a hurricane. Hurricanes just make me feel awful. I can feel the nasty inside of me. Now, I think. Bro, um, you were going to get so canceled. For I don't want to get canceled, people. dude. I, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> I keep telling you. Please stop trying to cancel me. I just got this and fucking believe- mini gig, dude. I just got and the I gig. I mean. Every word I say, by the way, you wokesters out there, you love to say, Stop. you're just saying it for clicks. Stop. Let me tell you something. No one puts anything in the public sp- sphere if they don't want clicks. So that's enough of that nonsense. Everything I said, I, I believe. Bobby Lashley's the greatest. Big E, not so much. Well, right. listen. Listen, I also agree that Bobby Lashley should be the one to go over, strictly because I feel that's- like it's a great heel move, right? I feel like between yep. the four of them, Bobby Lashley is the most dominant in that ring, and it's going to piss yep. a lot of people off, right? If you want to keep people coming back to your program, you want to keep people coming back. And again, I can br- I can think of The Miz right now, right? When The Miz beat Drew McIntyre, what was it, Fastlane, right? With mm-hmm. the Money in the Bank briefcase. 
my son was fucking pissed. He was like, I cannot believe that the Miz just won the title. And they I took that it. shit and ran. And I did too. I thought it was incredible. And I they took it, it yep. and ran with it to the point where they were doing social media posts where Miz was crying. He was going, oh, the Miz won the title. And he's get over it. You know, just incredible fucking chicken shit heel moves, right? It's perfect. But I think. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Adam. Yo. Does your, does your son wear skinny jeans? He does not wear skinny. I don't know what, I don't know what, right. what point that has to do with anything. He better, he better be putting a belt on. Okay. Tell him to pull up his pants. Because I can understand why he likes that nonsense over there and why he had a problem with the Miz. You know, the Miz dresses sharp. He does dress sharp. Okay? He does. He's well, top shelf as well. Courtney, right? my wife, so if you, my if wonderful wife, Courtney, like it, who was here, that? my wonderful wife, Courtney, who was here earlier, was talking about the Miz and his shiny, shiny underpants. I don't so. know about wonderful. She's kind of rude. Wow. So, oh, please. Wow. Yeah, look. Uh, this is, this is we're getting a little, you know, we're getting a little off here. Listen, I'm okay with being canceled, but. You know, we, we, sir, we're going to have to have a conversation about this because this is just. Courtney wears skinny jeans. She does not wear skinny. Well, yes, actually she does. Yeah. She wears form fitting jeans. Yeah. So I guess they would be skinny jeans. Would they be skinny? Would, do women wear skinny jeans? That's a good question. question. I guess they do. I I think they do. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. This is Goober and uh, D loves wrestling. Let us know. Uh, We'll get back to it. But uh, speaking of uh, number three moments in wrestling this year in 2021, I would be remiss not to mention my shoe eating partner. And the person who told me to eat my shoes this year, CM Punk, coming back to wrestling, AEW Rampage, showing up August 20th, 2021. Uh, That was, I got to tell you, there's lots of people who are talking about CM Punk. There's lots of people who say, and Duke, please don't, please don't get crazy. Um, CM Punk, I know there's been a lot of conversations about CM Punk uh, and his run inside of AEW right now, but just the delivery, the open secret that AEW and and its team kept. I feel like that was an incredible moment for wrestling fans to get him back. And Duke is shut is just making me move here. I got it. Just let me get the rest of this out. And then you can say whatever you want. <laughs> then you can talk your shit and say what you want to get me canceled. But I think CM Punk, I think uh, that was a, a well-deserved pop. I thought it was a, a fantastic moment for wrestling fans to get that moment. Uh, all right, Duke, go ahead. Say whatever you want. Go ahead, man. You got it. You got all that shit to talk. Let's hear it. CM Punk, quite frankly, is one of the biggest pretenders. Oh no! Please don't. He is. He is one of the biggest <sighs> snake ale, snake oil salesmen in the history of wrestling. Why do you got to do? this? I have never seen a guy who has so little athletic ability. Oh man! He was never no. an athlete, by the way. He was never an athlete, and he admits that himself. Okay, he was a punk in school. He was a punk. He never played sports. He never applied himself to play sports. He doesn't understand what it means to work with a team, which is why he's that that moody little loner who's always sitting in the corner instead of being a guy that understands how to work well with others. And you can see it in AEW because here's the thing about WWE. They will accentuate all the, the, the possible good things about you, and they will hide most of the negatives. But the problem with AEW is that Tony Khan doesn't have enough sense to understand how to do that. So here's what we have with CM Punk. We have a guy who, quite frankly, looks terrible in the ring. Okay? And he looks like he he, he needs some sleep, by the way. This guy looks looks severely like he hasn't rested in years. Right? So there's that. Too much Pepsi, bro. Get some, get some rest. Drink some water or something. There's that. The guy is taking from the young folks. Okay? There's not a single person that CM Punk has wrestled in AEW 
who is better off afterwards. Where are they on the card since wrestling CM Punk? They're nowhere. He's taking from them. And let me tell you something. None of those kids need to wrestle CM Punk. It does nothing for them to wrestle this guy. But he needs to wrestle them. He needs to, to try to legitimize himself because everyone knows he's over the hill. He's finished. The luster is off. You notice that they haven't really brought in any new eyes where they've been able to maintain them. Because after you've seen the guy actually wrestle, you realize that he's terrible. I mean, I'm just telling you well, right no, now. But you know what? CM let's, Punk is snake oil. But listen, let's actually okay. talk about that because I think that's an important part to this conversation, which I do agree with. I think AEW still, and again, this is not a knock on anybody in AEW. Duke can have his knocks if he'd like to, but not me. What I'm saying is uh, it's the Bischoff principle, right? What have they done that has continued the trend of getting eyeballs. Yes, CM Punk being on the show, it's great. It's fantastic. I loved CM Punk back in the day. I enjoyed watching him. I enjoyed watching him come out on, on uh, back into the ring. But what has it done to grow their audience? What has Nothing. Brian Danielson done to grow their audience? Adam Cole. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, arguably, the numbers, and the, it doesn't, you know, I know we, we have different, we've had this conversation about numbers as well, and the, the lack of representation with black and brown households. I get that, and I totally see that. But the point being Everybody wants to talk about this key demo thing. Nobody's really bringing in any. It's not moving the needle, right? Raw or SmackDown rather consistently gets like a million, two million, three million viewers. Even when they're on FS1, they get a million and a half viewers or whatever that number is. You know, it's it's a lot. It, it, they're consistently providing a product that people want to watch. And that's not to say that they don't have bad creative. That's not to say I'm going to sit here and be called an e drone or any of that stupid bullshit I see on Twitter. What I'm saying is that what have they done to move the needle in a way that's going to grow their audience and bring the other common viewers into the mix? And I'll give you an example. My wonderful wife, Courtney, who was just here uh, eloquently helping me start the show. Please don't roll your eyes. She's amazing. Duke, just let me finish. <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, my wife was not a wrestling fan. Courtney was not a wrestling fan before we started watching it earnestly uh, around the time that the, the Goldberg thing happened with my son. She is now fully invested in the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, Sami Zayn storyline. And do you know why she's invested in that? Because it's good storytelling. It's long-term mm -hmm. storytelling. It's got her engaged in a way that is allowing her to feel something. And that's the whole point of this shit, right, is you want to feel something. I don't know if AEW's mastered that yet. I don't believe that they have. It's a feel-good moment, right? It's feel-good moments to see CM Punk and Sting in the ring together, right? It's this wild collaboration that you never thought was going to happen. It's fucking dope to see. Yeah, it's awesome, but it's not making me feel anything, right? It's not making me feel like, oh, my God, you know, outside of it being really cool, right? And I really enjoy Sting as a performer, and I enjoy CM Punk as a performer, but it's not moving the needle, right? So I think that that part, what you said about, having this needle moving moment and what it's doing for their business. I agree with that. I can't say that I disagree with that. And there's a lot of people out there who, who talk about this stuff and say the same things that we do. So it's not like it's, it's anything that's going to get us canceled, hopefully, but well, come on, let's be honest. Here. Everyone's going to be upset with me because I'm saying CM Punk is a snake oil salesman, but he is, it, it's, you know, Punk and Brian have turned and, and Jericho as well. They've turned into the people that they used to complain about. They are the old guys who are hanging on too long, and they're taking from the young people. They are not helping these young folks get better in any way, shape, or form. And guess what? They're not. 
you know, again, there's not a single person that CM Punk has wrestled thus far who's higher up the card now because of that. There's no one. He hasn't made anyone. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. Let me tell you something. Bryan Danielson, whatever the hell he calls himself today. Let me tell you something. I was embarrassed oh, by that no. match. And I know I'm going off topic here. I was embarrassed by that match that Bryan Danielson had with Adam Page. Adam Page is the AEW world champion. Okay? You cannot put that guy in a situation where he's going 50-50 with a guy who's had so many concussions that they had to literally force him to retire. Okay, you can't have a guy go 50 50 for an hour. Okay, with a guy who's smaller than him. Okay, a guy who's already over. Adam Page needed to get over, and Brian Danielson did everything possible to make sure that didn't happen. He made Adam Page look like a weak champion, and that's actually exactly what CM Punk does to all those young kids as well. Darby Allen, you name them. Anyone CM Punk has wrestled, he made them look less than him, and that's a problem. These guys are snake oil salesmen, and that's why you don't see any major shift in the numbers because of that. I have to tell you, Duke, I got to tell you on this one too, as far as Page and, and Danielson, I, I agree. I don't think there's any reason that that match should have gone an hour and not had to finish. I just don't, and I know there's people out there that want to say that, and, and look, if that's your opinion on it, that's great. I, I can respect your opinion on it, but I don't agree with that. I, I think if you're trying to build your world champion, again, it's the Bobby Lashley thing, right? If you're trying to build a dominant champion, and you have a guy who's already over, what Brian Danielson should be doing is utilizing his platform, his name, his abilities to put this guy over in a way that Ooh. maybe he wouldn't Ooh. have been able to do before, right? Ooh. It's the same thing with, uh, I mean, Bobby, La or who else could we even talk about? Big E, right? Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, right? Brock Lesnar used his platform, his position, his name to put Drew McIntyre over in a way that he would Imagine not have that. been able to have in the long run. Now, you can't really talk about the COVID stuff and the the... the performance era stuff because unfortunately it, it was a product of of our time right the guy did he made chicken salad out of chicken shit i thought that stuff was was solid for what they were pr producing it is what it is right can't have everything we want but at least we got wrestling right now if you have a guy like brian danielson or if you have a guy like cm punk or even if you have a guy with name recognition in the iwc like kenny omega you use these names these people your positions to allow hangman adam page to become a star that's yeah. what you do. That's basic yeah. 101. I don't, you don't understand. take away from it. You don't pull from that. And you de you definitely don't end a 60-minute match in a fucking time draw. He I shouldn't don't, have went 60 minutes in the first place. I enjoy. I think Adam Page is, I think he's great. I think he's got a, a potential. And I also enjoy MJF. But I he's don't. Done. I, I, Adam Page is done. He's finished. How do you come back he's from finished. that, though? I, he's I mean, finished. They ruined him. He's done. He's not a credible champion. They're going to take the belt off him within the next six weeks. I guarantee it. He's finished. He's done. Now, who's going to be the next? No who's going to be the next? The a, who's going to be the next AEW champion after Adam? They're going to have to put it on Danielson. Yeah, they're going to have right. to put yeah. it on, or the returning Moxley. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's going to be one of those two who's going to be the next champion, and it's going to happen within the next six weeks. I guarantee it. Now, because me... you can't justify keeping it on Page because Page, because of that match, that was a final nail in his coffin. He's a nobody. He's not important. He's not as impressive. He doesn't get the same reaction that the other guys do. So how can you keep him as your champion now? Because you just went 50-50 with him. Right. He's done. He's finished. And here's the worst part. Brian Danielson didn't even work as a heel. Right. He didn't right. cheat. He didn't do anything that was underhanded right. in the match. Right. 
So, I mean, it was ridiculous. Why are we doing you know? this? Why are, why are we allowing? I, I just, I, again, I, I agree. I, I don't believe that there was a reason for anyone to go 60 minutes with Hangman Adam Page, especially with name recognition like Brian Danielson. I, I didn't agree with that at all. And I, I they again. destroyed that poor young man. And let me tell you something. I don't like Adam Page. I think he has a nasty attitude. I think he's a moody little bastard. I think that go here. if he learns how to appreciate the fact that he is in a position where he could be one of the top stars in the world, that he would actually enjoy himself enough to not be such a moody bastard. All but right. Unfortunately, that's what he is. But let me say this much. He should have been the first AEW champion, and Agreed. he should be beaten Every former WWE superstar that comes in that company so that he can be such a big deal that when fi- finally somebody does beat him, it matters. Right. You Absolutely. Know what I'm 110%. So, so, again, I don't like the guy, but I do respect the fact that he is who he is, where he is, and I totally feel like it should have always been him. And I agree. the fact that they dropped the ball on that, it's embarrassing. I agree. You know what, though? I agree with that, though, because the 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 talking point has seemed to be we are the alternative. We want to be yeah. the alternative to WWE. So what are you going to do when you bring in John Moxley? What are you going to do when you bring in CM Punk? What are you going to do when you bring in Sting and you bring in Brian Danielson? You have Hangman Adam Page go fucking ape shit on everybody. You have him just take That's the it. entire That's and, and not even just that, too. You're talking about the elite. You're talking about Kenny Omega. You're talking about all of these guys that are coming through. Make him run through them all. Make him invincible. Because you're right. When you finally get to the point where you're going to beat him and he's going to be somebody, now you have the eyeballs, right? Because everybody's talking about Hangman Adam Page. It's Goldberg 2.0, right? Yeah, well, everybody... hold, on, hold on. It's it's bigger than that. Well, right. Okay. You know what this is? Think about think about what WWE did. And they get knocked for this because they would have Triple H beat all those w- WCW guys when they came in, right? And everybody said that was terrible of WWE to do. Why are they doing that? What have you? But guess what? When somebody finally beat Triple H, it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. It mattered when they finally beat him. You know what I mean? It's not going to matter when Adam Page loses. He's the weakest champion they ever had. And it's a shame, and it didn't have to be like that. So it pisses me off so much. It didn't have to be this way. But uh, in any event, what did have to be this way, Duke, is going on to number two. We have two left, two moments left in our list of the top five wrestling moments of 2021. This was a tough one, but I got to go number two. Roman Reigns' decisive victory over Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 37, night two in the triple threat match. I cannot think of a match that was more exciting and more thrilling. And on the edge of my seat, 22 minutes of excitement watching this match solidified Roman Reigns in a way that I don't think had been done before and really made him the guy. Because you remember, right? He beat The Fiend. He beat Braun Strowman. He's got the title. He's got the Cesaro. He's beating Kevin Owens. All Everything that Roman Reigns has done since he's picked up that title when he came back in August of last year, everything the man has done... They haven't missed. The main event Jey Uso stuff, the right-hand man shit, is some of the best stuff that came out of the Performance Center and the Thunderdome, hands down. No one touches this guy. No one. Everything, any match that that Roman Reigns has been involved with, whether it's Cesaro, whether it's Kevin Owens, Big E at Survivor Series, everyone has said, I come out a better performer after, after having been in the ring with Roman Reigns. And you know what? They're right. Because they are better performers after being with him because he makes them go to the next level. 
That's the kind of shit that Roman Reigns does. But this match here, after Edge wins the Royal Rumble, he comes back. The storyline that's involved with it, you throw Daniel Bryan in the mix, which at first was a little confusing to me because I'm like, why does Daniel Bryan need to be involved in it? But the way they told that story, the, what is it, the, the smash him, stack him, and pin him, he pins both of them in the middle of the ring. He solidifies his, his position as the most dominant individual in wrestling, and it's only up from there, right? We saw him take on John Cena after that. Now we're in the storyline with Brock Lesnar. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. The bloodline thing is is unreal. We're now at the point now where day one is coming up. Uh, by the time you hear this episode tomorrow, day one will have uh, happened uh, on Sunday next week, or Saturday next week, rather. All, I mean, Roman Reigns can't miss right now, and I thought that this was the best pr- presentation of what his skill set, the character, everything that could have been done. It was just an incredible match. What what were your thoughts on this WrestleMania main event uh, from night two this year in April? Well, first of all, I agree with everything you said. And, and let me just say this, because I know a lot of people, it's jarring to hear a guy like me say the things that I say because it's completely against the narrative. You know, the these special interest groups who do these podcasts and they have these websites, they have marching orders where they all have to say the same thing for the most part and say it a certain way. They got to put over who they put over. They have to trash who they trash. And it's, it's, a, it's a weird game that they play. I don't play that game, all right? When you hear me talk, these are, this is a genuine perspective, and I always explain it in detail how I arrived at this perspective. So when we talk about Brian Danielson, and you notice how I just said a moment ago how he's taking from Adam Page, right? How he did not help that young man get over. By going 60-minute draw with him, he did not help that young man get over. He actually took from him. He made him look like a weaker champion. Now, look at what Brian Danielson did for Roman Reigns. And look at what Brian Danielson did for Kofi Kingston. Right? Yeah. These are guys who Brian Danielson wrestled for less than 60 minutes and did the favors for. He put those guys over. And guess what? They came out bigger champions after beating the guy. Right? Roman Reigns looks like the most incredible force after he took Brian Danielson and stacked him on top of Edge and pinned them both at the same time. That was an incredible finish to an incredible match, right? So it's not as if Brian Danielson can't do it. There's something else in the water here, and I don't know if if he's a a Trojan horse sent to AEW to, to take it down from the inside. I don't know what the hell is going on here, but I can tell you in all honesty, and I, and I mean this, the guy won't even, he told Tony Khan he doesn't want to sell t-shirts. He doesn't want to sell t-shirts because he doesn't want to tell fans to buy more stuff because he's trying to reduce the stuff that he, he collects on earth because he's trying to be a better earthling or whatever the hell this, this, this nonsense. I mean, Jesus Christ, return on investment. Okay, they got to make money off you, buddy. And one of the best ways to do it is T-shirt sales. But he doesn't have much merchandise in AEW, not because they don't want to make it, but because he doesn't want to tell fans to buy more stuff. Meanwhile, in the WWE, they still got his merchandise in the shop. And it's still so WWE is making more money right now this holiday season off of Daniel Bryan than AEW made off of Bryan Danielson T-shirts. That's embarrassing. Just so, And I'm not even talking old shirts. I'm talking new, new edition shirts. That's embarrassing. 
Okay, so this kid is doing everything in his power not to put over the young guys in AEW. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns, he made him look like a million bucks. He made him look like a million bucks, and he didn't have to do it. Right. Brian Danielson was added to that match for star power because Edge wasn't big enough. That's what happened there. They needed a big enough opponent for Roman, and Edge wasn't it. So that's why they added Danielson to the mix, to make it a bigger match, and it worked. It did. And the finish was tremendous. I, let me tell you something. I never liked Roman Reigns. I always thought he was a punk because he was pretending to be somebody he's not. Once he became the tribal chief, he became the guy that Ric Flair talked about, that Paul Heyman talked about. And I'm talking about offline. I'm talking in regular interviews where they're talking about the real people behind the characters. Roman Reigns is a handsome, cocky, imposing figure in real life. He has a, a perfect 10 for a wife. She is absolutely, she looks like a goddess. That woman is so gorgeous. He is a, a tremendously handsome guy. He has every reason to be the way that he is. He's not taking any crap off anybody. He's not being pushed around. He's not going to sit there and, and let you take advantage of him. He's rich. He's beaten cancer numerous times. So this guy has literally stared in the face of death and managed to survive and kick out, this is not a guy who is happy to be here. This is a guy who is letting the world know, I'm here, mother effers, and I'm not going anywhere. And he's when we talk about owning your leadership, stepping into your greatness, the thing that I say Big E is lacking, the thing that Bobby Lashley oozes, Roman Reigns has finally started to ooze his greatness. He understands how great he is, and that's why he carries it the way that he does. And that's that's the real him. That's not a gimmick, man. That's who he is. Yeah. And that's what makes him so special. That's why he can't miss right now, because the man is off the charts, charismatic, believable, and he gets it done in the ring. Bell to bell, there's nobody better. Agreed. That's it. Agreed. There's That's nobody it. better. Yeah. And I think and we've had conversations before, even on Twitter and just in, in, in group chats and things about what who is going to be the guy that dethrones Roman Reigns? I, I, I genuinely thought it would be Drew McIntyre. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that. But I don't know if I want that right now. Because mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the Roman Reigns storyline so much. To the point where I want him to have, as much as I love Pumpkin Spice Lesnar, with the overalls and the hair and everything he's doing right now, the Canadian bestie stuff. I mean, this shit is fucking hilarious. It is great. Mm -hmm. To see Brock Lesnar as a different individual, I, you know, the Sami Zayn stuff is fantastic. I'm a huge Sami Zayn fan. I think he's incredible. I don't think he gets enough shine, and I think that the stuff that they've been doing with Brock and Roman has been just 10 out of 10, knocking it out of the park every time. However, I don't think that Brock should be the guy that takes him down. I think Brock should elevate Roman to the next level. I don't believe, and I've said this a couple of times, I don't believe the the uh, the impending match whenever this happens between The Rock and Roman Reigns should be for the title. I think it should be independent of this title. I don't think The Rock has anything to do with the universal title. I don't think it matters at this point. I think it's about legacy. I think that match says and sells itself. It doesn't need a title. It doesn't need the, the universal championship. So the question then becomes, who takes it from Roman? And how do we get there? But I don't know if I want to see him lose it right now. He's a dominant, again, he is the most dominant champion in WWE. 
The question is, do you take that title off of him, put the WWE Championship on him? What you know, there's a lot of different moving parts. You here. know what you just you just said something interesting though. What if what if when you you defeat him, you immediately go to the Rock? Right. What if what if what if the Rock shows up on the Titan Tron, literally as Roman is laying in the ring defeated, and says, "You just dishonored the family. You're supposed to be the tribal chief, and you and you lose to that guy. You know something." I'm going to show you who the real tribal tribal chief is. Now you just completely taken Roman out of the title picture and you're bringing him exactly where you said, where it's just a personal conflict. It's a family conflict. It's a special attraction. Yep. And you just protected the title and whoever won it. So now they can go off into their next storyline. Well, that's I love it. I it, think that's a great idea. I think it should be a sh- like a schmaz finish in a lot of ways. Like there should be sure. some Gaga or something where whoever it is that goes over, whether it's Drew McIntyre or the curveball here, Sami Zayn, whether yeah. whoever it something is, happens. something yeah. crazy happens. And then yeah. the rock shows up and it becomes this yep. really intense family dynamic storyline. I, I think it. that is I the it. story. I, I again, I, I never, I never imagined the rock going for the universal title because it's the same reason why I didn't really necessarily believe that John Cena was back for the universal title. I didn't believe that. I believe that it was about this bad blood, this, uh, you know, this blood feud that the two of them have. And I think it was an incredible payoff. And I think John Cena served that purpose as well. Who else is left to do it? Hogan's not going to get back at the ring. Austin's not yeah. getting back in the ring. You know, yeah, The Rock yeah. is the last yeah. scion for this. And once he beats The Rock, which we know is going to happen, once he sure. beats The Rock, he's going to be Austin. He's going to be Hogan. He's going to be Flair, right? Like, he is now going to attain that level that he he's has He's a Hall been, of Famer He's now. a Hall, yeah, of, he's Famer a Hall of Famer That's now. it. And he doesn't need a title. Imagine if you had Rikishi do it. Imagine if you had Rikishi cost Roman Reigns the oh, championship. Man. And then the next night or, or the next SmackDown... Roman brings him out to confront him, and then Rikishi says his most famous line, yeah. I did it for The Rock. Yeah, dude, that would <laughs> Can be... Can you imagine? What about... Talk about long-term, long-term storytelling in a way that dude. would just crush, man. It would oh be, because God. now you throw the Usos into that because Rikishi's yes. their father. The loyalty, I think at some point for sure, too, I think that Jay is going to turn. I think sure. that that's still going to happen at some point. Uh, but, yeah, you bring back Rikishi. You tie in the family dynamics. You bring you it all back full circle. Oh, my God, dude. That would be year out of that, Holy right? shit. That would be inc- – you could get them to WrestleMania. You could get yeah. – you could bring Rikishi in and take that all the way to WrestleMania in Hollywood. Oh, my God. Look, guys, if you're listening, Bruce, come on. Hire us. Come on. We, we got come this on. shit. We got this. We'll take care of it for you. But, no, that's I agree. Right. I agree. I think that – I think that for whatever reason, Edge didn't land in the main event as exciting as a way that, and maybe it had to do with the pandemic well, because edge is an overrated punk. I mean, let's well, be listen, honest here. listen, edge is overrated. He's, terrible. I don't know about that. Edge edges. The only time edge is worth anything is when he's wrestling either the Hardy boys or when he's wrestling Randy Orton, any other time the guy is, is completely useless in the ring. I have no time for him. I don't think he's funny. I don't find him interesting. I think that the only thing edge is good for is losing which I want to see more of, by the way, in 2022. Can Thank we you. not? Can we not? Can we not do this with Edge? I've really, He's a I like Edge. I, I like Edge. Him. I never liked him. You're going to, I, I feel like, you know, now we've had this nice conversation about Roman. We had an agreeable conversation about CM Punk. I just feel like now you're really just trying to get me canceled at the end of the show here. I really Edge, feel Edge like that's what's going to happen. go to AEW and, 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 and waste more of can Tony Khan's money. All can, right. Can we not do this, please? Please. I'm just, I'm advocating for the guy. I'm trying to help him get a payday. You know? I do agree with you, though, that adding Daniel Bryan to that mix 
to that three-way dance, made it took bigger. it to the next level. It made it a WrestleMania event, right? Yep. Because you have, I mean, again, love him or hate him, which apparently you don't like Edge. He has a great story, a great comeback story. But then you also have Daniel Bryan, who was the guy who wasn't supposed to be star. there. Daniel He's Bryan. A star. Daniel yeah. Bryan wasn't the guy that was supposed to be in the main event. Daniel Bryan wasn't the guy that was supposed to be the champion. And now he's back for more. He's coming back. Hey, I'm at the end of my career. I may not be doing this again. I may never re- headline WrestleMania again. And I want it. I want the title I never had. I want the universal and then, title. And then he got stacked up. And stacked. that's what you do. You put the other guy over. Yes. You put over the next generation. So why the hell didn't he put over Adam Page? That's an excellent question. But it's a textbook story. It is the WrestleMania 37 main event night two is a textbook story on how to put somebody over and they fucking Facts. mastered it. Yep. Duke, yep. are you ready for number one? Ready Let's for my it. number one pick? Let's, Let's hear it. it. Bianca Belair winning the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship over Sasha Banks at night one of WrestleMania in April of 2021. There are a multitude of reasons why this match is number one. There are a multitude of reasons why Bianca Belair is the superstar in wrestling not just in wwe but in wrestling there are multiple reasons we could list out but you all already know why she is the best she is the next person on the list she is it she has everything she has the appeal she's got the look she's got the skill set she's got the talent she is it and that match was undoubtedly the best part of wrestlemania next to the roman reigns match And I think anyone that says that Bianca Belair shouldn't be at the top of anybody's list or isn't at the top of anybody else's list is lying to themselves. And I think that this match was another incredible moment of an elevation of the next superstar. Sasha Banks is a made made woman. She doesn't need to do anything else. Her role in this, she played perfectly. She executed it perfectly. And you could see the, the, the weight of the moment. It's the first time two black women, two black women, Main evented, not just women, but black women, main evented WrestleMania. That is a huge moment. I don't care where you sit in the, in any any you know political sphere, whatever the fuck you want to say. That is a huge moment for everyone, everyone involved. You could see the emotion on their face. They were crying in the ring. It was a real moment for the two of them. And then they had to go and perform. And they executed it perfectly. I thought the match was incredible. I thought the skill set was great. The whip right at the very end of the match was just next level. Bianca Belair is it. And that's I, she's my number one pick for the year. I think she's the, she's the MVP for the year. Uh, she has done everything right. And I can't wait to see where the story goes for her next. Duke, what did you think about Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks at WrestleMania Night 1? Well, you know, I'm going to have to build, break, build on this one because... You know, I, I have strong opinion on this. So first and foremost, absolutely, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, hands down, such a special moment, um, very special for me on a personal level. As a man that believes and understands and knows that anything a man can do, a woman can do, and oftentimes better. You know, listen, my mother is law enforcement. I've watched my mother go out and risk her life for over 30 years taking down some of the biggest bad guys around. You know what I mean? And and doing right by the community as well, helping people. So I understand the importance and the significance of a woman being at top billing, you know, being presented as equal to men. I understand that it's possible that they can do the same job. And again, 
oftentimes do it better. So Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in the main event was just, it was poetry in motion. It was perfect. I loved the concept. I loved the fact that Bianca went over. Bianca Belair is a star beyond belief. There's no two ways about it. But let me table that for a second because that's my build. Now, I'm going to break a, a lot of things right now. I thought the match itself was one of the biggest abominations I've ever seen. Wow. And and not because of the competitors. The competitors executed, and they did very well. And Sasha Banks led that match, and, and kudos to her for that. And Bianca, kudos to her for following the plan, right? Because she's a lot less experienced. So Sasha definitely had to carry her in that match. But Bianca, she stepped up, and she showed why she should be champion. So don't get me wrong there. But here's what I didn't like. It was a 50-50 match. Mm, okay. Okay? I felt that the better story that should have been told was Bianca Belair, the less experienced wrestler, somehow, some way got beat down by the vicious, the veteran, the woman who has done hell in the cell. She's done it all. TLC, Sasha Banks should have literally been in a position where she was taking advantage of Bianca Belair trying to cheat to win, doing everything that she could to defeat this, this up-and-comer, and then somehow, some way, just when you think Sasha's going to win, Bianca finds a way to pull it off. That would have caused a much bigger reaction than what we got. I felt like whoever produced that match, they took something away from us. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think they did it on purpose. Interesting. I think that, and, and follow me on this. I think yeah. there are people in that company who still want Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte Flair, but more Becky than Charlotte, to be the top women. And even if they have to take a little gas off of folks like Sasha and like Bianca, look at the way Sasha Banks is booked when she's champion. The whole history of that. You know what I mean? She, she has very few successful uh, title defenses on pay-per-views. Why is that? Well, we all know that Sasha Banks, other than Asuka, is probably the best wrestler in WWE in terms of making other people look better than they are. Right. 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 Sasha Banks elevates everybody. Of course, Natty, I'm not going to disrespect Natty, Natty as well, but Sasha Banks elevates everybody in the ring. She makes them all look fantastic. hundred percent. So the fact that she doesn't have successful title defenses on pay-per-views, they're few and far between. That's an example of somebody who is limiting her push because they have plans for somebody else and they want to make sure that Sasha doesn't eclipse that person. I think the same thing is happening with Bianca. I think Bianca has the opportunity to be the biggest crossover star since Hulk Hogan. Okay? I think she's that big. I think Bianca Belair can legitimately be as big as any professional athlete in the world. She scores so high with kids. Yeah. Her Q scores through the roof. I've done so many blind tests myself of people just saying, hey, have your kid look at this one, this one, this one. Tell me who they think. Bianca Belair always scores higher than everybody else. She is athletic. She is gorgeous. She, When she speaks, you believe her. There's just something about that woman that all you see is superstar. You want to know her. You want to be around her. Her personality is infectious, and it's wonderful. Even when she's putting herself over, right. it's still kind of cool because it's like, well, I believe you, though, because, yeah, you look like a super athlete. So I'm just disappointed that they didn't put Bianca in a position where she she overcame adversity to win. 
that would have been a better story. And, and quite frankly, it would have been easier not to take the belt off of her if they would have done that. The way that they took the belt off of her and put it on Becky Lynch this year was embarrassing. I was just going to say that. I was just going to bring that up. Embarrassing. That, that match was. It was embarrassing. It was as bad as. I mean, it was. It was probably worse than any of the other unusual title switches that happened this year. Oh, that uh, was on the level of of, of Lesnar destroying uh, Kofi, Kofi Kingston. Although that right. was far more believable. Right. Although that was far more believable. Right. That was that. Was, I don't believe uh, Becky Light. She she looks like she's at least thirty pounds lighter than she's ever been. I don't believe Becky Light could beat Bianca Belair, who's literally in the best shape of her life. But not even just she looks like a star. Not even right? just that. What was the point? That's my question, well, right? What was the point of that? That Becky take? Lynch could be a bigger deal. That's it. But, That's it. But if they right? would have if they would have turned around and used the Drew McIntyre push, right? Give them something to fight for, right? Sure. Give sure. Bianca, put Bianca in a position to fight for this title. But the only thing that they did was turn it right into a Becky and Charlotte war. So it's like, okay, well, what was the point of even having the belt on Bianca in the first place? That's my no. thought, right? What's I'm the point? You. What's the point of having Bianca in the title picture at all? When you take it, it off like of that. her in 10 seconds yeah. in a match at SummerSlam, you yeah. already have Big Heat, right? You already have Brock Lesnar coming back. You know you have Brock Lesnar coming back at the end of the John Cena-Roman Reigns match. Do we need to do this right now? Do we need to have Becky and Bianca right now? Listen, My thought was... If Becky, if Becky would have won the match, that's okay, but give them a wrestling match. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give them a match to actually fight yes. with, right? Or if yes. you're not going to do that, at least in my head, if you're not going to do that, then let Carmella finish the match. Have yep. Bianca go over on her strong, build the story between Becky and yep. Bianca, and let it breathe. Don't just run right... I just It doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I can tell you, Courtney said the same thing. It, like, it doesn't make any sense. And Dude. as far as you say about Bianca with her Q score being over with the kids, I will tell you this example. I tell this, this the same story all the time about my daughter, Sophie. My daughter, Sophie, loves to watch the women women's wrestling on WWE. She thinks it's fantastic. She's very engaged when they come on screen. She used to be a Becky Lynch super fan. There was nobody bigger than Becky Lynch in her world, the biggest wrestler of all time. And then she discovered Bianca Belair. And now she is a Bianca super fan. Like, I mean, to the point where when we went to Pittsburgh, and we, or when we were living in Pittsburgh, rather, we took the kids to the super show. That was the first show back after the pandemic, or they, they went back to live crowds, rather, because the pandemic's not over. And Bianca came out, and Sophie was hyper-focused on the match, screaming, cheering. She loves Bianca Belair. And I think that you and I can find 100,000 people who have kids who have the same reactions when they see Bianca Belair. It's because she is a likable person. She has the it factor with the kids. And you're right. She, is, she has the potential to be the next big crossover star in this profession. And I 100%. just, I don't, and I didn't mean to derail you from your comment because you said we're going to build, break, build. But I don't agree at all with them taking the belt off of Becky or off of uh, Bianca that quick in the Becky Lynch fashion. I don't I thought that was horrific bad. A terrible move. It was terrible. Move. Yeah. It was terrible. And, and and again, let me build now. Don't get me wrong. I take nothing away from Bianca. There's nothing. She did nothing wrong. All she's done is exactly what she should be doing, which is improving every single time she steps in the ring. You know what I mean? So, yeah. this is all management. This is the office that's playing games, and I want to know who it is. I want to know who the producers, who the powers that be, who, for whatever reason, are trying to knock 
Bianca Belair down a peg, the same way that they do to Sasha Banks, the same way they've been doing to Naomi, I want to know what's going on here. You know what I mean? Because I'm starting to notice a weird trend. And you know me. I call it the way I see it. WWE's history of sexism and racism, let's be honest here. Not great. Okay, it's fine. And when and and you cannot tell me that it makes any sense since Bianca Belair has lost the championship. What has she done since then? Right? She's she's having matches with Dewdrop. I mean, what does that even mean? You know, because she can pick her up and slam her. Well, so what? That's that's this is Bianca Belair. She's the biggest star in the industry, possibly. Like, have her do something that matters. Right. Right. <laughs> what are we doing? You know what I mean? I mean, you think they would have given her her own uh, interview segment or something like that where you can build her character even further. You notice they're not even doing that much. No. They're, they're not it's doing ridiculous. anything with her. And it, it's a shame because they have this incredible opportunity. And I don't yes. think, I think, you know, with the recent roster cuts and things, like uh, I, my fear is that uh, I hope that they would never cut her from the so. WWE roster. But if they did, I don't even think that AEW would know what to do with with somebody because I think it's I think she's she has so much potential that I don't think Dude. that that their infrastructure would be able to handle this right. And I don't even want to. She would be Bianca Belair would be the next Maria Taylor. She would go on to do some kind of sports broadcasting. Yes, she would command millions upon millions upon millions, and she would be fantastic at it. She's bigger than wrestling. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. She's bigger than wrestling. The way that. You feel when you see this person on the screen, Bianca Belair, that's somebody who should be able to command top dollar whatever she puts her mind to. Yes. You know what I'm saying? WWE would be foolish not to just put the rocket ship behind her back and just let her go. Right. Let her go run wild because she's going to make you a ton of money. It just it, it boggles my mind. It's like just when you think they have it together, they do something to remind you that they still are just a bunch of carnies who play politics. And at the end of the day, they would rather push who they like versus push who can, who can do the best job. Right. Right. And you know, some moron right now is sitting here saying, wait a second. Is he saying something uh, negative about WWE? I thought he was the, the AEW hater. What's going on here? It's like, look guys, I call it the way I see it. No matter who's in front of me, that's mm-hmm. the way it is. Yeah. It's just that you focus on AEW more. But if you do your research, Google Duke loves wrestling. You'll see. WWE has never gotten it easy from me. Ask Vince McMahon how he feels about me. When there was an opportunity for us to collaborate, when AEW and A&E Networks were trying to recruit me, WWE shut that down real quick. I wonder why. Okay? So just keep that in mind. So when I'm calling out Tony Khan and, and AEW, it's because they're doing something that ain't right. When they do the right thing, I call that out too. And I've seen okay, you do when, it when they when Cody Rhodes did the work with the underprivileged youth recently. You you hit a oh huge there, there was multiple tweets about that. I put that guy over on my show. Right. I put him over online. And to Cody's credit, you know, I, I asked him, hey, you know, take care of these kids, and he did. Some things are bigger than whatever we're disagreeing about today. Right. I don't care who you are, I can find common ground with you, and I will. You know, I'm not a guy here trying to maliciously hurt anybody, but I am going to call out nonsense like Big E being champion. I am going to call out Daniel Bryan taking from from the younger wrestlers. I am going to call out the fact that Mrs. Foundation Radio over there, Courtney, uh, who has a lovely bun in the oven. I am going to call out the fact that she took my wine 
And you know what I mean? And, and she, was, she was gracious enough to take gifts from me, but she's not gracious enough to not bury me. Um, and what's what's ironic is that her husband doesn't even have enough sense to realize that he's recording. I just I didn't while his wife is burying me and I'm sitting here watching it happen. Listen, listen, there was a whole there was a whole thing in the very beginning that we had a conversation about. It was a privileged uh, exec. I'm calling executive privilege on the conversation. Leave it in. Um, Leave it in. I, I well, you know what? Leave here's what in. we'll do then, Duke. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do, sir. Uh, out of respect for we'll you, we'll leave it in, and then the people leave can decide. In. The people can decide yeah. how that is. But I swear to God, yeah. if I get canceled because of this episode, Duke, I'm going to be, Dude. I'm going to hit the roof. So Lumini I just is going to change his number. He, he's, <laughs> so I, I'm know. trying. I try to get a hold of him right now, and he's not getting back to me, which is probably why. He's but you know, he hates my guts, Blue Meaty. He hates my guts. I'm telling you, I don't. He really does. I don't know because I don't I, know about all that. I told the guy he looks better in, in Daisy Dukes, and he hey, has never forgiven me. For and you know what? Listen, I'll tell. He listen. I will. I will try to mend that bridge for you. But uh, Duke, listen. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. It's been a really great time. <laughs> Had a lot of time. Met, a lot of good times messing around with you here. Uh, I got to thank Paul Bromwell, Alfred Kunawa. Candace Cordelia, Josh Chernoff, uh, for uh, being good sports and playing along with us today. It's been a very exciting time. Uh, also, as a great announcement, a couple of quick uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, the rumors are true. I will be taking over as co-host of Mind of the Meanies starting on January 1. Uh, I will be taking over the show. I'm very excited uh, to be stepping into Josh's shoes. We have a lot of really cool things coming down the pipeline. We're very excited to uh, start sharing them with the world. Uh, but my first episode will be next Monday. So you'll hear this on Tuesday, which is uh, December 28th. So our first show will be the Monday after this. Uh, also, if you want to pick up uh, some merchandise and support Foundation Radio, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Foundation Radio. We have our brand new uh, merch up there now as we speak. Duke, it is always a pleasure. Where can everyone find you on your social medias and on the platforms? All social media. Duke loves wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Duke loves wrestling at gmail.com. If you want to send me a message, I respond to everybody. Just understand, don't come with that flavored malt beverage nonsense because I'm top shelf, baby. I am McAllen. I am Oban. I am Johnny Walker Blue Label. Okay, that's the way it is, the Duke. And listen, I just want to say this. This guy right here, Adam B., Foundation Radio, they have come such a long way in a very short amount of time. And the reason why is because this man has dedicated himself to constantly finding ways to deliver the best possible podcast for you, the listeners. He does a tremendous job. Adam has a tremendous amount of respect. You see his his roster of guests. There's a reason why people come on this show, and, and the, the word is credibility. Adam Bernard is credible. Foundation Radio is credible. And because of that, the top stars feel comfortable coming on here and opening up because they know that they're not talking to some humanoid here. They're talking to a guy that respects the wrestling industry. They, they're talking to a guy that respects himself and a guy who respects his audience. And when you have people like that, of course you want to collaborate with them. So again, kudos to you, Adam. You've come a long way in a very short amount of time. And the ironic part about it is you're just getting started, man. So I look forward to 2022 to see what you have up next. I appreciate that, Duke. And I got to thank you as well, because I feel like, you know, you, I, the, the two biggest parts outside of the, the, the hard work and dedication that's going into this show, um, the biggest parts I feel like for me in 2021, linking up with both you and Josh Chernoff have been like in ways that I can't even really describe. 
You know, I just, I, I, I rebooted the show in 2021 as an interview show, as a wrestling program, uh, and it's really taken off in ways that I, I wasn't necessarily, I don't know if I was even prepared for. Um, and it's just been, it's been incredible. Uh, it's been an incredible journey so far just this year. Um, I got to thank as many people as I can remember have been on the show. Uh, Shane Taylor, Diamond Dallas Page, Eric Bischoff, um, Duke, obviously you've been on the show, Candace Cordelia, Alfred Kanawa, um, Paul Bromwell. I mean, just the list of folks, uh, Chris Van Vliet. I mean, just the, the list of people that I've had on the show recently, uh, that just the, the, the power behind them and that their, their trust in me to allow me to tell their stories. You know, it's just been, it's been, a, it's been an honor and a privilege, and I'm very excited to see where 2022 takes me. Uh, I'm excited to continue this program. I'm going to start incorporating more episodes like this where we do commentary on wrestling, where maybe it's even just me, because I think my, my voice and my opinions on these things can carry weight, and I think I'm at a position now where I can do that. So I'm very excited to see where the show goes. Uh, I'm excited to do the Mind of the Meanie, and again, I'm grateful for you, Duke, for your, uh, your guidance, your leadership. Uh, and your ability and your belief in me uh, to do this. So I, I, I have to thank you uh, unbelievably. But again, if I could, please, just as a request, please don't get me canceled before January. It's too late. It's too late. And I heard what you said about Fuck. me to the Renegade Twins, and I'm still pissed about Look, that. Look, dude, how it. can you like bubblegum right, ice cream? I just that. don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I love bubblegum ice cream. <sighs> and I, and I had a steak and Why? cheese sub the other day. Okay, Boston style. Steak and cheese with real cheese. With real cheese, we're not doing. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. Disgusting! Throw that shit in the garbage. (laughs) For Duke Bennett, I am Adam Bernard. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful new year. We will see you in 2022. Peace. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almi. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Proprietor.